like a guy with a plan. I don't have a plan. I just sort of do things. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Steve, and you have found yourself listening to the deep, gripping reality. Now, whether that was intentional, which it tends to be, or unintentional, I just want to say thanks for stopping here and uh, listening in to my crazy little podcast. Uh, For those of you new to the show, uh, we talk about all kinds of things from productivity to digital marketing efforts um, and just about everything in between. I'm a big fan of entrepreneurs and helping them find ways to be successful and grow. And so that's a a big part of what my show is. That's a big part of what I do is I talk about how to maximize your efforts. So today I wanted to talk about um, A, motivation, how to uh, get over fears and start get going, start get going start to get going. Um, And then also B, uh, I wanted to give you some really great free pointers on how to optimize uh, Google and um, take advantage of the world's largest search engines. Uh, So stay tuned, folks. It is about to get deep. What is up, deep gripping reality friends and fam? This is Steve, and I have another productivity tip of the day. Uh, Get out there and start doing stuff. There is no education quite like experience. So rather than doing a bunch of research and trying to figure out the best thing to do, just do it. So first and foremost, get out there and do stuff. I think that we do spend too much time. I just talked about this. The clip you just heard was from a TikTok video. Uh, Yes, I figured out how to extract the audio from that too. (laughs) So now I can record my segments on there and Frankenstein together a show for your enjoyment. No, but uh, I I actually had this idea for this productivity tip of the day and uh, decided to record it earlier, and then I realized it'd be a good fit for this show for the theme. So that's why you just heard what you heard, but it's it's true. I mean, a lot of times we spend so much time evaluating and estimating and trying to foresee how things are going to happen or what's going to happen or what could go wrong that we don't actually do anything. We become statues. We become stagnant. My wife was watching, the other day my wife and my mother-in-law were watching the last uh, of the Twilight movies. I don't remember what it's called. Like, I think it's, it's not Breaking Dawn. I don't know. It doesn't matter. The last of the Twilight movies, the second part, and these two vampires uh, were talking about, um, they were these, the, I believe they were Russian or Romanian vampires that were talking about when they ruled before the bad guys took over. And they said, you know, we had everything. Everybody, Everything was brought to us. We sat still for so long, we began to petrify and didn't even realize it. And that's kind of, that really rang with me for a minute because it made me think about why people don't take action. And I think a big part of why people don't take action is fear. You know, we fear what we can't control and what we don't understand and what we don't know. Unfortunately, that fear can be paralyzing. And so when, and, and a lot of times, the, the one thing that stops us is being is a fear of what other people will think, of how we'll be judged, either by our parents or our spouse or our colleagues or our boss. And so we don't take action because we're paralyzed by that fear of of, uh, of taking action. And you know, I really like the um, I really like the old quote: "It's better to do something and ask for forgiveness than it is to." you know, ask and then wait for permission, right? I, I don't, I'm not a fan of, of, of that. I mean, I, I get it, and there's there are times where that's important, but I think that it, until you just get out and try things and experience things, you don't know what's going to be awesome and what's going to suck. You don't know what you're going to be good at and what you're going to Don't tell me you can't draw. Have you tried? And if so, for how long, you know? Don't tell me that you can't create a video. Have you tried? And if so, what happened? Okay, well, guess what? 
the good news is that if you just keep practicing, you'll get better at it, period. That's how this stuff works. You know, you just, you have to get out there and do things. You have to get out there and get the experience. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of merit to sitting in a classroom and learning things, um, but also, you know, there is no teacher-like experience. There is no, until you fall, you don't know how to get up. Until you, until you fail, you don't know how to succeed. Successes and wins and victories, they're all, I, I think it was Winston Churchill who said, success is temporary, but so is failure. You know, you have to, you don't grow through success. If you're successful, you're just like those vampires sitting on that throne just waiting for things to come to you because it is what it is. You gotta get out there and try new things and not be afraid to experiment and, and trust yourself. And, you know, I think that, you know, I think I've, I think I've got it. I'm gonna bring this, I'm gonna bring this into something very real and very personal. Um, that I think will resonate with a lot of people. It's all about imposter syndrome. You know, there's a lot of people out there who fake it till they make it with low self-esteem. I was having a conversation with somebody that I really respect, a mentor of mine. I won't give you his name um, out of respect for him, but this was a conversation I had earlier today. And um, he was saying that, you know, he does have some serious self-esteem issues. And so he found, you know, as a kid, he had a very, um, you know, aggressive father, a father who, you know, yelled before he talked and he didn't really do a lot of encouraging and, you know, he demanded things. And so he actively, he discovered at a later, this is, this mentor of mine is about 10 years older than I am. And he discovered, maybe a little bit older than that, but he discovered that, um, in his professional career, he sought to work under bosses who treated him the way his father did. Father figures. And I think that if we examine who we have as bosses, unless we are our own boss, we might find that to be true, that our boss, boss, our bosses, our bosses tend to embody um, one of our parental figures, whether it's a mother, a father, um, an aunt who raised us, a, a, it's, you know, if you're in the foster system, your foster parents, there, there's, they tend to have characteristics of, you know, um, people who have had an influence on our life, and we respect them because of their title and their role, but, you know, there's something going on there where they're very, you know, whether it's they're stuck in their ways or maybe they maybe they embody something we want to be like, you know, maybe they embody something that the skills that we admire and things that we want to learn. That's that's the kind of boss you should be trying to work under, you know, but, you know, I, I, I've kind of gotten off the rails there. I apologize. What was I talking? About? Oh, yeah. So imposter syndrome. Um, imposter syndrome is a real thing, and it's basically where you strongly believe that you're not good enough and that you're faking it till you make it and that somebody's going to eventually figure you out. It's a low confidence thing. And even those of us who have really, really high confidence and, and you know, bordering on, on ego, you know, um, we suffer from imposter syndrome and sometimes we're just projecting, you know, we're trying to make it look like we're experts when we're not. And, the, and, and you know, maybe we are experts, but we don't see ourselves as experts. That's imposter syndrome. That's t you telling yourself you're not good enough. And until you can get through that, and I can't tell you how to get through that. I wish I could shine a light and say, this is how you beat imposter syndrome. But I can't. You just have to continue to tell yourself. You have to, you have to talk to yourself. And you have to reaffirm yourself. I wish I had the, the clip of Stuart Smalley saying, you're good enough, you're strong enough, you're smart enough, and God darn it, people like you. You know, that's a real thing as well. You know, it's it's... It's important to 
not be afraid to take risks. Understand that you don't get rewards unless you take risks. And, and weigh the benefits versus the cost. And, um, you know, I talked in one episode that, that has been very impactful to a few of my listeners about opportunity costs. So weigh the opportunity cost and see if if it is uh, worth it to, to stay stagnant and, and risk petrifying or to take action. Um, the to be or not to be speech by Shakespeare uh, for Ham, uh, Hamlet? Yeah. Um, he, said, he says, whether it is nobler in the mind to take arms against a sea of troubles and by opposing end them, right? It's it's taking action, dramatic action if you need to. So I think I've drilled home that point long enough. Um, I'm going to move on now. Uh, so yeah, I, I I feel like that's really I feel like that's really gotten my point across is that you should not be afraid to do things. If you don't know how to do something, figure it out. And the minute that you think you have a grasp of it, jump on it. One of the guys, ah, here we go. This is what I was going to say. One of the guys I really respect and like a lot is a guy named Jazza, J-A-Z-Z-A. He's an artist out of Australia, and um, he, one of his big um, sponsors is somebody named Skillshare, which is a website site that teaches you how to do stuff. And so if he wants to experiment with a different type of art than he's used to, first he'll experiment with his thoughts on what it is. He'll just jump in and do it and um, see how that works without any experience. And then he'll take some time to learn about it using Skillshare or whatever it is, videos, whatever. And once he has an idea of, of how to do it properly, he'll try it again. And then he likes to compare the two, the before and after. And it's, it's always impressive to see that. So, you know, people tend to admire somebody who isn't afraid to learn new skills and admit the things that they're weak in and then work hard to, to uh, fix that. So there's that thought bubble for you. I'm just dropping all kinds of little gems today, aren't I? Now, on to Google. So, Google, Google, Google. Um, she is the queen of the internet. Uh, 90-some-odd percent of the traffic on the internet goes through Google in some way, shape, or form. She has all kinds of great tools for you. You can use Google Scholar to learn how to, um, you know, cite sources that are academically uh, accurate. You can use Google Maps to find things that you may not have, have known about. Um, and to figure out how to do things that you may not have known about. Um, and, wow, I don't know what I was talking about there. Sorry. <laughs> you can use Google Maps to find out places. You can explore locations. Um, it's kind of cool. Google Maps is great. Uh, Google Images, Google Videos. There's Google, 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 Google. What you may not know is that you can claim a Google My Business. I've talked about it on other shows before. I highly recommend that you do it. It helps you control what Google knows about you so that you can get in front of the customers that you want to get in front of. So if you haven't claimed your Google My Business, type in Google My Business into Google and uh, or actually just search for yourself and when your business. And when you see what comes up, it'll say, own this business question mark, click on that link and you can claim it. They'll send you a postcard with some numbers on it You'll log into the address that it tells you to and type in those numbers, and sure enough, you'll claim your business. From there, you can list out all of the things that you do, uh, your hours of operation, your um, phone number, your best website address. Um, but one of the underutilized parts of Google My Business is that there is a whole other side of it that acts very much like a social media platform. You can actually post to do Google My Business, and I think the word count limit is like 3,000 words. So it's the length of two blogs that you can take up in keyword-rich um, content, and you can update it. I think it's like best to update it. I, I recommend once a week, but you can update it with everything from video to images to um, you know custom imagery to 
just you know a blog post or whatever, whatever you want, a promotion that you're doing. And the cool thing about that is that when you do stuff like that, when somebody then searches for your business, not only do they get the little Google Maps, but then whatever imagery you've shared, whatever video you've shared shows up as well. You can control your brand and you can make it easier to overtake your competitors um, and their listing without having to pay for it. All of that's organic, which is absolutely awesome. Um, and so keyword rich content is king and Google uh, My Business allows you to do that. So take advantage of that. Make sure you list out all of your products or services. Now, anybody know what the number two, I touched on this on yesterday's episode. Anybody know what the number two uh, largest search engine on the planet is, the most utilized search engine on the planet is? Uh, you are answering YouTube and you are correct. Good on you. But you didn't know I could hear you through this uh, pre-recorded podcast. Yeah, I can. In fact, I'll prove it in a minute. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so YouTube is also, uh, it is a search engine. You might think of it as an entertainment platform, but it is a social media and a search engine. So what you need to be doing is, if you're on YouTube, if you have any video content whatsoever, tie your YouTube account to your uh, to your website first and foremost, but also to your other social media. Make sure your branding is authentic and true and uniform across all of your social media platforms, from your logo to the colors that you use. Make a custom banner for your YouTube. Create playlists for different aspects of your business. So if you have different types of like DIY that you offer, or you know tips and tricks, you're creating content marketing around that, create a DIY playlist. If you have, uh, you know, whatever it is that you're trying to do, you can optimize YouTube very much like you can uh, uh, Google, and believe it or not, overall, it helps with your SEO uh, on your website. I know that sounds crazy, bear with me. So, uh, when you're uploading a video, make sure that you have a very, you can use a boatload of words in the description of a video, use them. The more keywords you have in there, the easier it is for people to find your video. If you know that certain keywords are gonna perform better than others, use them organically in there. Um, don't just throw in keywords, except, well, you kinda can, because what you'll do is you type out your description and then make sure you have a link or two, link to your other social if you want to, and then in the description itself, put in hashtags, actual hashtags that are relevant, because that also helps Google's... Sorry about that, we interrupt this broadcast because I got a phone call from my lovely wife. Um, so anyway, I was talking about optimizing YouTube. Um, so yeah, you can, you know, obviously there are tags that you wanna add in there. Um, YouTube allows you to do that, you should do that. Also, make sure that you upload a custom um, catchy thumbnail image. Don't just let YouTube pick something from your video because a lot of times it's gonna end up blurred or it won't capture what you're going for. So either create or have somebody create a custom thumbnail if you can. Um, and if you don't know how, that's fine too. Just make sure that it's something that's eye-catching, you know? Good detailed descriptions, create playlists, utilize those. Um, and then also utilize, YouTube lets you go in and add um, post-scene things like um, playlists that it'll recommend based on the viewers, um, viewers' tastes and preferences. And that's, that's a good way to keep people on your content. Um, try to include a call to action on your videos where, where necessary. But sometimes your call to action can just be your logo. You don't have to say, you know, for more information, uh, give us a call today or email today. It doesn't have to be like that. You can do content marketing, and if you're doing it right, you're adding value without saying, look at me, because they're looking at you anyway. So there's that. Um, and something that's that I just recently learned about myself is that YouTube also allows you to post actual posts, like social media style posts. Um, I believe it's under a community tab on your on your YouTube channel. 
Um, but you can post stuff with images or with just regular content. But the more stuff you put out there, the easier it is to find you. So, <laughs> pardon me. Doing those things all helps you to utilize uh, Google My Business and YouTube in the best possible ways to get the best bang for your buck uh, SEO-wise. Now, I mentioned that I would let you know it ties back into SEO. How? Well, Google utilizes the data that it collects from YouTube, from Google My Business, from Google itself, and from a variety of other sources to make sure that it's referring people to the most accurate content of what it thinks that they're, they're asking for. And um, the most recent update was called BERT, and that was on October 25th. And the BERT uh, update is, a, is an AI that basically is like a machine learning, English understanding uh, thing. So previously, if you were to say um, uh, something about like losing weight with Twinkies, um, it might say it might send you to something. You, you're, you, um, how about how to lose weight with Twinkies? It might look up how to and Twinkies and like give you basically something along the lines of uh, uh, like a an ingredient or recipe or something crazy. That's a I should have should have thought of a better example. But frankly, it, Bert helps Google to. Uh, figure out that certain keywords belong together. So it, it'll, Bert lets them know that you're not looking for how to make Twinkies or how to lose weight, and Twinkies is a keyword. You're looking for if there's any way to have Twinkies in your diet and lose weight. And so, because you use the word with and how it all ties together. So the human language is very complicated and our vernacular is very strange. So now Google can better understand that. Is there a way to optimize for that? No, not really, uh, not particularly, however, you know, SEO, when you're looking at SEO, it's all important because it all is about driving traffic back to your website. So, you know, that's that's something to keep in mind, something to know, I guess. Um, I know I've been kind of droning on and on and on, uh, and, and uh, I wanted to make sure that you guys kind of understood the importance of taking action um, and how it relates to SEO. You know, if you're not happy with the traffic that you're getting, you have nobody to blame for that but yourself. You can claim your Google My Business. You can go in and take a, a half an hour to an hour, make it a priority, and fill out the profile as accurately and as fully as possible so that people can find you. If you don't do that, you're hurting yourself. You might as well be directing people to your competitors' websites because, frankly, they might be doing that. And this could be the edge that, that, that uh, gives you. Now, one of the things that I told you Google looks for a lot of things, one of the things that they look for is updated content. And when you are updating your Google My Business with posts, that's fresh content. It lets them know what your brand is all about, and it keeps it all fresh. So very, very cool stuff there. Very important to, to know. If you're going to do a blog post and you make a video to go with it, embed the video in the blog. Because yet again, that's you know a YouTube video that you, Google will find and be like, ah, look, it's us. You know, It's just another way to generate traffic and that sort of thing. Now, I mentioned that I would be able to prove to you that I can read your mind and that uh, that I can hear you, right? So I'm gonna do that right now in the closing. All right, so I know you're probably gonna think this is gonna make you sound silly, but I want you to do it anyway. Um, I bet you that I can read your mind. No, I'm kidding, I already told you I could. Uh, I bet you, I'm gonna make a bet with you here. And if you're right, um, let me know, and I will give you a shout-out on my next show. If if I'm right and I win, 
then you have to share this episode and one other episode from my podcast on all of your social media platforms and with, with the hashtag I lost. So that's the wager that we're going to make. And I will do the same. I will actually share your profile across all of my social media with the hashtag I lost if I lose. Okay? So the, I, all you have to do, it's five questions, five simple questions. All you have to do is lie on every single question. And if you do, you win. If you tell the truth even once, I win. Sound good? Great. So here we go. This is this is it. This is where I prove to you that I can hear you. Lie to me every time. Here we go. So first off, what's your name? Okay. I think that you lied there. Um, and what color is the sky? That's okay. That's fair. All right. So now I'm gonna say what? Uh, okay. So I said uh, what? Okay. Here's one. Uh, where where were you born? Where are you from? Where were you born? Uh huh. Liar. See now I know that one was a lie. Good. Um, how many questions was that? I don't. Know. How many questions? Ah. So if you just said three, I win. There you go. I win. And if you didn't say anything, then I probably lose. But either way, you should probably let me know. So to let me know that I lost, uh, or let me know if you lost. And by the way, if you said three. You didn't lie to me, so that's why I won. If you didn't say anything, then I should have kept going and I shouldn't have assumed that I won. It's hard to do when it's one-sided like this, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, uh, so <laughs> my social media. I am on um, I- I'm on Instagram and I am on Twitter and I am on TikTok um, under at TDGR Podcast. So hit me up on the social and uh, or, or, you know, wherever. And if you lost, you got to you got to keep your end of the bargain. Share this episode or um, and one other episode of your choice from my list. Um, whether you found me on Spotify or Anchor, they're pretty easy to find. Just look up the Deep Gripping Reality, and uh, it has to be shared with the hashtag I lost. So uh, that's what's up, folks. Thank you very much for tuning in. And uh, if you do that, or if I lost, make sure you let me know, and I will tweet back to you or send. I will let you know that I got it and that I'm a loser. Either way. Let's have some fun with this. Thanks for tuning in, and until next time, dig deep, my friends.